but uh, on Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. I want us to think about those words for a moment. Jesus changes everything. I'm so glad he changed my life and he's still changing my life. Because the Bible says that God wants us to become more and more like the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so um, he's still working on us and still developing in us the character of Jesus, and so that's a good thing. But a number of scriptures, and they'll be on the screen. I want to talk to you this morning about when Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Father, as we take these few moments now and just focus on your word and ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to share these thoughts, but even more than what I could ever say. Holy Spirit, will you speak directly into our hearts? Will you reveal to us truths from your word this morning? Because Scripture says that Jesus said you would come and you would be our teacher. Will you teach us as a group? Will you teach us as individuals, as families? Will you teach us about Jesus? That when we go from this place throughout this week, our lives will emulate the presence and character and life that you give us. So we thank you for your help this morning as we share in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel of Mark. Jesus, through the angel, told told his disciples that after the resurrection, he would go into a region called Galilee. Now, this simple statement may seem trivial and unimportant at first glance. Okay, Jesus, so you're heading to Galilee. Big deal. But we've got to ask ourselves some questions. What is in Galilee that Jesus needs, or what will he find in Galilee? Why Galilee? Mark chapter 16, verse 7. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The first time that Jesus met with his disciples was at this very same location when he met Peter. And there was the miracle of the miraculous catch of fish, and now it's going to be repeated. Jesus performed this miracle when he called Peter, James, and John as his disciples. It's in the same setting, the same lake, the same boats, the same miracle that Jesus would not call Peter, but reinstate Peter. It's an incredible story. Given the location, Peter's home, and given the miracle of the fish again, Jesus is telling Peter in a very vivid and memorable way, Peter, I'm not done with you. I'm not finished with you. And there are times I think that God wants to bring us back to some place where 
we, he met us and ministered to us and revealed some things to us of his nature and character. And he wants to tell maybe some of you this morning, he wants to say, I'm not done with you. I'm not finished with you. You may have denied me three times. You may have blown it. You may have whatever. But I'm not done with you. It's not finished. Do you remember the night before the crucifixion when Jesus needed his followers the most? They scattered. They took off. Before he left, Jesus, Peter, denied him three times. And every time someone asked Peter if he knew Jesus, he said, no. The last time he also cursed. And at that moment, we know in Scripture that the rooster crowed just as Jesus said it would. I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And at that moment, Peter weeps bitterly, uncontrollably. John chapter 21, verse 15 says, When they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, he's going back now to what he was called before his name was changed. Simon, because remember, he changed it to Peter. Simon, son of John. Do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death He was to glorify God, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that his disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? When Jesus called Peter to show his love for Christ... And he called Peter to show it in three ways that I think is good for us to learn this morning. The first way, Jesus is calling Peter. He's saying, do you love me? And here's how he wants him to show his love. And each one of us, we can show our love to Christ 
by caring, C-A-R-I-N-G, caring for other believers. When Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Scholars debate what what Jesus is referring to here. Is he asking Peter, do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than these nets? Do you love me more than your occupation? Do you love me more than you love your friends here? What is Jesus asking Peter in this question? And the question really is going to put the final touches on Peter's humility. And friends, that's the big thing for most of us to learn is humility. It's a tough one to learn. Jesus is putting the final touches on a lesson to Peter about humility. What Jesus is asking Peter is, Peter, do you love me more than these other followers love me? Now, it's a question that, how could Peter even answer the question? He can't see into his friends' hearts and lives. Doesn't know, really. Or is he saying, do you love me more than these nets? Jesus is asking Peter the question that will put kind of the icing on the cake for his character. Do you love me more than these other followers love me, Jesus says? The reason we know that this is what Jesus is really asking him, it's not about the nets, not about his occupation, not about anything else. It's about his relationship with his friends. Because this was one of Peter's points of pride and eventual downfall. Notice with me in Mark chapter 14, verse 28. After I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, all my friends, all these, even if they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus says to him, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he says emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. John chapter 13, verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I not follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you've denied me three times. Peter is boasting about his love for Jesus and that his love far exceeds the other people's love for Jesus. And it was a point where Peter's pride was showing through. And according to Peter, his love for Christ was way beyond all the others' love. The first thing I want us to address here this morning is the fact that Jesus, as God, is right when he expects his followers to follow him. If he were not God, then it would be arrogant to demand that others love him, if he were not God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. We need to notice Peter's response to Jesus' question. Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Do you love me, he said. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Do you love me? Now Peter's grieved because he says a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Notice something here. There's no boasting on Peter's part. Only humble answers affirming that he does love the Lord. And he ends by saying, Lord, you know everything. You also know that I love you. He doesn't rest in his own ability to love Jesus more than anyone else, but he rests in the Lord's omniscience, the fact that he knows everything. He's no longer boasting, I'll, I'll, I'll die. These others, I'll, I'll die for you. And he's boasting in his own strength, his own energy, his own willpower. But not now. Now it's all, Lord, you know. You know. Friends, we have to be very careful when our attitude becomes arrogant like Peter's was before the cross. When we think we've arrived, we're setting ourselves up for a fall. Look how Jesus wants Peter to show his love for him. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, feed my lambs. He says, Peter, tend my sheep. The third time he says, Peter, feed my sheep. What Jesus is telling Peter is that real love for Christ shows itself as a care for other believers. We must not just say we love Jesus and refuse to care for his people. This is what true love for Jesus looks like. Friends, he could ask us the same question this morning. Do we love him? Then what? area of ministry or service are we involved in? How are we showing Jesus that our love for him is genuine? He tells us to care for the sheep. So for Peter, it's not by acting as if he's better than the sheep by having a superior love for Jesus, but true love for his Lord is shown through humble service to the body of believers. Years ago, um, we were at a conference, my wife and I, and just for pastors and spouses, and, and it was a um, Bill Gothard um, conference, and um, they, they gave all of us as pastors some pictures depicting a shepherd's role, shepherd's um, job description, you might say, and uh, they were talking about you know, how we as shepherds are, you know, to feed the sheep, we're to, you know, bring them to green pastures and where they can, you know, find good food and water and sustenance. And, and one picture that I always kind of wondered, how, how does that one really, it's a picture of a shepherd with his staff and there's a wolf 
coming after the sheep. And part of the job of shepherds and part of the job as you as well in your family is to protect our family from the things the enemy would try to bring into our families, into our homes by way of, uh, and, and there's so many ways he can do it now by way of you know, social media. Before it used to be TV and we all preached against TV and threw our TVs in the closet, whatever, and, you know, we, bad, bad, bad TV. Um, but now there's, there's so many good things on there as well. But we have to really be careful. What we allow to come into our homes, what do we allow to come into our eye gates, our ears? What do we allow to come into our, our bodies, our life? We, we really are to be looking after not only ourselves, but our families, and we need to be looking out for one another. There's so many one another's in Scripture praying for one another, encouraging one another, lifting each other up. And so one of the lessons I think that Jesus was trying to teach Peter is trying, you know, remove that proud, arrogant, me better kind of a, an attitude and replace it with a humility. And he's saying, Peter, one of the things I want you to notice is I want you to care for my sheep. Care for my sheep. Now they're his sheep. They already belong to the Lord. So Peter denied Jesus three times, and Jesus calls Peter three times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? It's like erasing the first one, erasing the second one, and he erased the third denial. Not only can we show our love to Christ by caring for one another, but we can show our love to Christ by obeying God's will for our life. That 18th verse there said, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and went and walk wherever you wanted. When you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus had settled the issue as to what true love looks like namely service to and care for his followers. Now he wants Peter to focus on the love that he shows Jesus by his willingness to follow. Throughout our Christ ministry, he had called all his disciples to follow him. And we too are to follow Christ as disciples because Jesus has walked the lonely path to the cross. He can ask his followers to take up their cross and follow him. He can also relate to Peter just what following Jesus may in fact look like. For Peter, Jesus explains that he too will be crucified. He too will follow him completely and entirely all the way to the cross. Church history has confirmed that Peter was crucified in Rome. In fact, um, it is recorded there that he did not want to be crucified the same way Christ was, so he requested to be crucified upside down. But Peter did die on a cross, just as Jesus said. And Jesus ended that ninth verse. He says, Peter, follow me. Friends, we're not all told how we will die. It was God's will that for whatever purpose, Peter would die being crucified. But basically, Jesus tells Peter that whatever happens in his life, he must follow Christ. And I think these words are also for you and I. I'm thankful we're not told 
how we will die. But we are told how to live. Amen? We're not told the details generally. Some people, God may have told them. But we are told how to live. And so I think our focus needs to be on how to live. Because Jesus came that he might give us life just to get by. No. Life more abundantly. He tells us how to live and to follow him and to obey his will for our life. Jesus tells each one of us, follow me. Follow me. Don't follow that guy. Don't follow her. Don't follow that movie star. Don't follow that sports personality. Follow me. Follow me. In Luke chapter 5, verse 11, the initial calling of Peter, when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now in Peter's reinstatement in John 21, 19, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter did not fall away too far that Jesus couldn't restore him to full fellowship. Peter was now ready to care for the flock of Jesus and willing to follow him anywhere, even if following Jesus meant his own death. Now, before he said, I'll follow you. I'll be the only guy, even if I die for you. But his attitude from there to his attitude now in Galilee at his reinstatement, now Peter said, Lord, you know, not declaring my assertiveness any longer, I will obey. I will follow. Perhaps where this message connects with us isn't so much with Jesus giving us the same call Peter had, but we could ask ourselves, what hard thing does Jesus want me to do? What hard thing does Jesus want you to do? Is it that cranky neighbor that he wants you to take over a plate of fresh mm, chocolate chip uh, cookies. Is it that fellow student that just can't seem to say a nice word to save their life? Is it that sibling that thinks he's God's man of faith and power and you think he's God, man of paste and flour? Is it whatever, whatever it might be? What's the hard thing that Jesus wants you to do? What, what, what has God called me to do that would stretch me and cause me to grow as a believer in Jesus Christ? What is it he's calling us to do? What is he asking us to do? Is it to, to share Christ with that person and you're just like, it's all of a sudden, you don't stutter, but now you do. You're so nervous and, and all Jesus is asking you to do is just live your life in front of people that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Care for believers, obey God's will, follow him, and thirdly, 
Jesus is showing Peter that to love Christ, we're not to compare ourselves to others. There in that 20th verse, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? What about this guy? Jesus says, if it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad. We read it with disciples that this guy wasn't going to die, John. That's not what Jesus said. If it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? While Peter, no doubt, was relieved to be restored to Christ, I'm sure that those words about the kind of death he would endure were a little cause for concern. So much so that he turns to John and asks Jesus, what about this guy? What about him? Another lesson about to be learned. It's always nice to be included. Peter says, what about John? What kind of death will he face? John just happened to be coming by. He happened to be there. And Jesus had to remind Peter not to be concerned with others, but concentrate on following Jesus. So often we get trapped in this comparison game. Well, if that Christian can do that, well, then I guess I can do this. If it's okay for them, I guess I can do this. Or Jesus is saying to every one of us individually, follow me. Don't compare your life. Paul says we're not to compare ourselves among ourselves because that's dangerous. Don't compare what God may be doing in somebody else's life with what he's doing in your life. Don't compare what God's will is for that person's life what God's will is for your life. Just follow Jesus Christ. Follow him. And we follow him by spending time in his word. We follow him by spending time in prayer. We follow him by spending time just listening to him speak to us. Allowing him time. Allowing him the opportunity. Don't compare yourself to others. Jesus says, Peter, what if John remains alive till I return? That still has nothing to do with my will for you. Stop worrying so much, so much about other people and what they might think about you. How many spend any amount of time, any, whether it's five seconds, one minute, hour, a day, how many spend any amount of time concerned about what people think of you? Anybody? Chooks and I are honest. Mary's honest. Anybody else? We do. What will... If I, if I say that, what will, if I do that, what, what will they think? If I go and share Christ with them because I'm feeling God wants me to do that, what will that person think of me? If I lend a hand to this person that nobody else on the block likes, what will the rest of the people think about me? If you befriend a bully at school... What will people think of me? 
If we say, no, I can't go to that because I'm, I'm going to youth group in the toes backyard Friday. What will they think? What will people think? What is Jesus asking of us? And so Jesus says to Peter, Peter, don't be concerned about all that. Just follow me. Comparing himself to others is what got Peter in trouble in the first place. Even if they all fall away, Jesus, I'm your man. The application for our life today is really quite simple. What is it that holds you back from following Christ like you should? What is it that holds you back from following Christ like you should? What Jesus told Peter, he would tell us the very same thing. He would say, if you, if you really, really love me, care for my people, obey my will for your life, and stay fixed on Jesus, not on others. Keep your eyes, like they say, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep our eyes on Jesus, not on others. Care for his people. Obey his will for your life. Stay fixed on Christ, not on others. There's Jesus meeting with Peter. A person could get into the different definitions of the word love in there and all that. You got all caught up in that. That's for a whole other time. But I really think it's just Jesus trying to bring Peter to a place of humility and dependence on Jesus Christ because he had a tremendous job for Peter to do. And you know the experience and things in our life happen because God knows he can trust you. That's good news. And he's just developing in you, preparing you for something greater ahead. Pure and simple. Jesus loves you so much. So much. And he wants us just to love others so much. So much. Father, I just want to thank you for your word today. and I want to thank you for this account of your son's encounter with Peter, the place where you, he first was called by Jesus to follow him. And now afterwards, he's reinstated in the mission that Christ has for his life. And because of Peter, the gospel eventually goes to the Gentiles. Oh, we're so grateful. So grateful. And Lord, I pray this morning that every one of us would understand that there's different ways that you want us to care for one another. There's different ways that you want us to respond and follow your will and plan for our life. Not your will and plan for somebody else's life, but for our life. And in order to do that, we need to stay focused on you and not comparing ourselves with others. So, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this account of Peter. And Scripture says that all things have been recorded for us for our 
an example to us and instruction. Holy Spirit, help us, instruct us how to live these principles and these truths this week. In Jesus' name, amen.